Please join me and my guest, Jody Steinhauer, as we talk about her passion for helping others. She talks about how quickly she left the fashion industry, got into sales and business, and eventually got herself busy providing for people in need. As social entrepreneur to the core, I'm happy to be able to have Jody share her journey. Please welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount, to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. All right, today on Cashflow Canucks, we have Jody Steinhauer. Jody, thank you for joining. Hi, everybody. Um, Jody, can you just take us through a little bit about yourself and your journey? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a proud Canadian. Uh, I've got a 31 year old business. Uh, founded a 21-year-old charity and an almost two-year-old social enterprise. Uh, I like to say that I, I'm all about brokering goodness, uh, make people happy with our bargains, and uh, really happy to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. Can you, um, so there's there's three components to that, the business, the charity, and um, the, the social, social side of, enterprise side of it. Um, can you take us through that journey in terms of how that all Evolved yeah. for you, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I was uh, born and bred in Toronto, Canada, and uh, my background is fashion, business, and marketing. And I started out after I went to school in the very high fashion business, and learned uh, very, very quickly that my morals and values were not aligned with the fashion industry. And uh, I really had an ethical compass, and I also loved uh, charities and volunteer work. So after my first couple jobs, uh, I took a job in what was kind of called the jobbing discount world, which didn't exist 35 years ago. And uh, I hooked up with a gentleman who had a chain of discount stores. I ran the wholesale division and I fell in love with deals. I fell in love with, um, you know, just constantly making people happy, doing transactions. He unfortunately had a bad uh, business decision happen, which took his company down. And through that opportunity, uh, he said, Jody, you make me all my money. I'm going to set you up next door. And uh, we're not going to have any help for you for probably about six or 12 months. But um, I'm going to give you a, a percentage of ownership. Uh, I was a fully commissioned salesperson. I ran the business. So at the time, I thought, what do I have to lose? I might as well put my name on the door. And I just said, thanks very much. I think I'm going to go on this alone. And that was on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday all the suppliers from factories and manufacturers and importers across Canada heard the news and called me right away and said, you know, Jody, we really love what you do. Uh, we trust you. So we'll just send you product as much as you want. And when you get paid, you can pay us, which was like I said at the time, and I think I was 21, 22 years old. I said, okay, thanks. Right. Not understanding when people say to me now, like, how did you ever finance your business? And I say, my suppliers financed me. Uh, but I tell my children all the time, and when I speak, they financed me because I had the reputation of being a very ethical, straight-laced, you know, woman of her word type of person, and, and they trusted me, and you can't put a price uh, on trust. So that's how I started the company, um, out of my literally uh, dining room with a fax paper that used to have like that toilet paper, that thermal paper. Uh, I used to run around all day with big, huge hockey bags in my car and showing people samples. I used to sell product all day long, write my orders at night, 
And then after midnight, because it was, you know, 60% cheaper back then to send faxes, I would send my orders into my suppliers all over Canada to save money. Uh, and then I very, very quickly grew into my first uh, shared warehouse, my second shared warehouse. I kept moving and sharing space because I was very frugal. Uh, my dad was an accountant and he always taught me, keep your money in your company. Don't pay yourself if you don't need a paycheck. Uh, tax rates are way better to keep your money in your company. Uh, and then years later, um, companies just from everywhere just kept calling me and saying, we've got goods. We hear you're connected. Can you sell them? And, and back then, I was only selling to retailers across Canada. So I would buy very large quantities of product and then I would, you know, um, bring them down to bite-sized pieces. And we didn't have the internet. We didn't have websites. I actually got on the phone, called stores and said, hey, I've got these deals. I, you know, tell me about your store. And um, I call it ethical selling. I would, I would really, you know, say paint a picture of what your store looks like. So when I would recommend items to them, um, they would truly have success because I learned very early that the lifespan of a client, uh, you're only as good as your last transaction. So I never wanted to sell anybody anything uh, that I didn't think was really going to be a home run for them. Uh, so after doing that, the climate started to change. Walmart came to Canada. Um, dollar stores, discount stores, everybody started to come. And that was kind of my space. I was teaching people how to make a lot of money and build traffic by selling things at 50% off in their stores. Uh, and retail really changed. It, it, it used to be so much fun. Everybody knew everybody. It was kind of like the old boys and girls club. It's very different now. It's all about numbers and matrices and all, all that matters is what did you perform? And it's not fun. So I always vowed that if I wasn't having fun, every day if i didn't wake up at six in the morning excited to go to the office every day then i had to make a change and that day came and i started to think about what wasn't fun anymore and it was dealing with the you know chasing people for money dealing with um just all sorts of kind of supplier issues it wasn't fun but at the same time uh i was building a family and uh, I was volunteering a lot. And I always did a huge amount of volunteer work. I was brought up in a family that, that told us giving back is important. And one day I had that, you know, the, that epiphany moment where a woman from a shelter asked me what I did. And I told her what my company did. And she said, wow, I buy a lot of this product and I'm buying it from, she told me the name of the store. And I said, oh my gosh, I sold it to that store. Next time you need it, just come to me because you have such limited budgets. Let me help stretch your donor dollars a lot further. And that's really how really the start of my passion became. So she started to call me asking me for very basic necessities. When I told her how much my prices were and that I would deliver and I would send her an invoice and she could pay me in 30 days, she actually asked me if the goods were stolen. And I, and I said, no, they're not stolen. Like that's what we do at the bargains group. Uh, and from dealing with her, she sent me flowers the first time. Like, who sent me flowers from a department store? Nobody. Um, she asked if she could pay me earlier than the 30 days. Would it be okay if I paid you? <laughs> no, I don't want my money early. And then she said, can I start telling people about you? You're a pleasure to deal with. So she started passing my name on and so on and so forth. And I started to get so amazed by the massive amount of people that help um, the less fortunate in our community and the minimal needs they have, the minimal funding, the minimal 
everything they have because it's uh, such an abs. Like back then, there was no nowhere near as many homeless as there are now. But there was something that connected me, and there was something that connected the people that worked for me and said, "These people are so wonderful. They respect us. They're polite." You know, they treat us with re with respect. They're just a lovely to deal with. How can we deal with more of them? And I said, we can't. We'll go out of business. They're, they're homeless shelters. They're charities. We have to be able to do both. But the more we dealt with them, the more we realized that we could help them and we retooled our business. And we just asked a lot of questions. What else do you need help with? And then we ventured out into promotional products because they needed t-shirts for their walkathons. And we were home with the famous $2 t-shirt. So they asked us, could you screen something on a t-shirt? And I originally said no. And then one of my people said, yeah, we can do that and we can do it really cheap. So we started doing that. Hence, we have a whole promotional products division. And then we decided, you know what? There's a lot of times I go to a factory and I buy a bunch of stuff and I go, what's that in the corner? And the person says, oh, you know what? You can have that. And I go, really? And if it's great, I'll take it. And I have a sub warehouse where I put all of our donations in. And we started a donation program for all charities. So every time you do a transaction with a bargains group, you get to pick a free case of donations of your choice from that warehouse. And we throw it in with your order. And then we started a charity because it broke our hearts that how much need there was. And I just went to a bunch of presidents and friends and said, bring a hundred bucks to my warehouse next Saturday. We're going to do something really cool. And we brought a social worker in. And in a matter of an hour or two, we packed hundreds of these survival kits and it was such a hit. We gave them to all the shelters. It was such a hit that everyone said, I want to do this again. And I want to bring my family and I want to bring my, my work colleagues. Can we do this? So hence, we started Project Winter Survival 21 years ago. And annually, every January, we build half a million dollars worth of survival kits. And this January, we distribute them to 240 homeless shelters in one day so that they would have the supplies all winter long when they had to turn people away because the shelter was full um, or maybe there was somebody with COVID in it right now um, or somebody where they didn't have somewhere for them to sleep so they wouldn't freeze to death and that that's project winter survival and then we do a summer project in June called project water and we distribute 300,000 bottles of water and we build again thousands of these survival kits and we're so sad because of social distancing this will be the first year in 21 years that we can't do project water and that's under the auspices of engage and change which is the name of the charity but it wasn't a charity it was a love project it was a business person gathering people together through my community and connections and wanting to leverage what i could to really impact and i was very fortunate to be mentored by a famous canadian named ed mervish and he ran a store called Honest Ed's for the Canadian viewers of the Toronto viewers. And he taught me, Jody, you can do business and you can ask your suppliers to partner you in what your passion project is. And he taught me how whenever he gave away turkeys every Christmas, he never paid for the turkeys. His turkey supplier to the store said, you want to do business with me? You got to donate so many turkeys every year. And he taught me how to do that through leverage philanthropy, we call it. And then the last step is, I was about two decades ahead of the world on doing group volunteering. And we started getting hundreds of calls in the last decade of companies saying, we don't wanna you know, just write checks to charities. We wanna actually do something. Our employees are demanding to do something, roll up their sleeves and help. So we thought, wow, this is really interesting. We're the, we're the experts that are charity at doing this. 
why don't we just rip off and replicate what we're already doing? Because we didn't want to have a charity in every city across country, across the country. We wanted it to be scalable and sustainable. So we came up with a concept, Kits for a Cause. Uh, and it's, it's just blowing up. It's a, it's a movement. I wouldn't even call it a social enterprise anymore. It's been less than two years. And really, we're a matchmaker. Groups of people who want to do good, we match them up with charities, or they can pick a charity of their choice. We find out what the charity needs. We teach them how to do their own event. We do it all for free. We teach them. We do the marketing. We do all of that with them. And they purchase the kit components. It's a social enterprise. So the bargains group makes a living by them purchasing the kit components to build the kits and then donate them to the charity. But the fascinating thing is that the charities love, there's no wastage anymore. Because 50 to 60% of donations to all charities are actually the wrong items that people don't know. And the charities are too modest to tell them, by the way, we really don't need that. They take it and then they usually give it away sometimes to staff. Sometimes they give it away to somebody else because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So Kids for a Cause now is ensuring that donors are giving the right items at the right time to charities who then can give it out literally in real time to their clients uh, and everybody and everybody's happy. So that's, I apologize, that's the shortest version of being able to tell you what I do. That's great. I um, enjoyed it all the whole arc of it, right? It all just it's evolved over time, and um, yeah, you're. It's. I guess it was gonna, the next question was now what's going on with COVID? How, how? I mean, you're you're really well suited to be able to impact, and how yeah. you're doing so. Well, I'm gonna just text for one second. I want to bring something into this call to show everybody. Uh, so basically what happened was because we're really connected with everybody, you know, in the community, uh, whether it be homelessness, charities, um, hospitals, long-term care facilities, uh, and we do a lot of emergency work. So when there's like a flood or a fire, uh, I'm usually the first one that gets called from the Red Cross or the Salvation Army. When the plane just came from Wuhan, China to bring back to Canada, hundreds of people to put them in uh, lockdown for a couple of weeks, we were the people who got called to deploy all the supplies so that those people would have everything from diapers to, uh, thank you, would have everything from diapers to um, underwear to toothpaste, right? Because they literally were held up there. And then we got called to say, we got to get the, all their stuff out. So they had to bring in hockey bags to give them. So that's the kind of company we are. But because we're so um, on the front lines, when there's something happening, uh, generally speaking, emergency disaster people, especially people at the Red Cross and the Salvation Army who are awesome, they're already planned. They already know what it is. So they're tipping me off. Hey, this is going to happen. Are you ready? So I had already gone out there and spent millions of dollars and purchased supplies, the main COVID supplies that I knew were going to be needed before everything kind of hit the fan. So I was in the position to have inventory, which is what nobody had. That's what we heard on the news and the government. So I had inventory. I still have inventory. People call me all day long and say to all my people, well, how long will it be till I can get a mask or hand sanitizer? And we say, well, do you want to pick it up or where are you? We can ship it tomorrow. They're like shocked. So we have become kind of COVID central and now we're taking it to the next level. I mean, one of the big things that we're doing for COVID is if you can see this one item here, um, this is a, a sanitizer that's great for your hand. Okay. It's a mist. So you can see it's a spray, 70% alcohol but you can spray it on your computer, on your phone, on your car, on your keyboard, on your door handles. So we try and find products that are both a bargain 
and at COVID sometimes they're not such a burden, but we have them, uh, and also that are really practical and useful. So that we launched today something, when people started talking about going back to work and everybody kind of the new normal all across the country, we thought like, let's celebrate, let's make this cool. If I was an employee that wasn't working, I'd feel a little kind of awkward going back to work. So we came up with this amazing item. It's called Spread, Spread Love Not Germs, and it's a COVID care kit. And uh, in it, there's I think 11 pieces. Uh, there's a spray, which I just showed you. There's, you know, lotion, Kleenex, a nutritious uh, snack. There's a, an amazing card on the inside that talks about how to wash your hands, what to do if you have some mental health challenges. There's a coloring book with, with pencils because we know it's, and there's a stress ball and, and lip balm. So we're doing these that are, you know, $50 plus, they would be worth, we're doing them for $25. And we're saying to people, buy them for your employees, buy them for healthcare workers, buy them for people with a shelter, make people feel good. Let's take COVID and make it into a positive. So that's kind of an ex one example of what we do at the Bargain Scoop. We're always trying to broker goodness and put a spin on things to put a smile on people's faces. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, so how can people, um, is it, is it a can a consumer reach out to you or is it? Yeah, yeah. Any, you know, bargainsgroup.com, our inventory is all on our website. Uh, people say that all the time. Can a consumer buy? What's the minimum? The minimum for our company is one case. We've made it really accessible. The prices are listed on everything but COVID supplies because COVID supplies are like the stock market right now. They're changing by the hour. But the other 30,000 items I have, the prices are on the website. Um, you don't need a login. You can check in and you can, you can, we're an old fashioned company. You can build a shopping cart, but we won't let you buy online. You have to call us or email us. Uh, and yeah, anybody can be a customer. So like these COVID care kits, for example, we put these in boxes of 10. So you can buy 10 of them and be a client in these hand sanitizer. You can buy one box, you know, that we want to be accessible. So it's kind of like Costco. You can't buy one ketchup. I say you got to buy three, right? Right. Absolutely. And I want to go back to the evolution of the company in terms of sure. obviously you're you now the social enterprise, but uh, more on the technical side in terms of the, how retail has evolved too to yeah. online and how has yeah. that impact like the likes of you talked about Walmart. What about Amazon? How does that impact your, yeah, your business? You know, it, it's really interesting. Uh, I would say I totally manage every decision by my gut. Okay. My bankers say to me all the time, we've never met anybody who could like do everything by your gut. It's, it's, I think uh, it's a gift entrepreneurs have, and I'm very blessed with it. So, you know, when everybody was going online and, oh, you got to be on Amazon, you got to be selling this way. I was like, mm, I'm not sure the bargains group has to be online, right? The bargains group, most of our products are under $5. And when you're selling things for really inexpensive and being on Amazon from what I was watching, you got to spend a lot of money to promote yourself to get to the top, right? And the only way I thought that people on Amazon, like something like my COVID kit, that would be a great item on Amazon. But things move so quickly here. I, I didn't understand moving product here, there, promoting it, whatever, because my product is constantly changing. So I made a decision and said, look it, let me get a lot of other people to make money. I'm not an expert. So I have a lot of other people who sell on Amazon who I'm their back office. They take my product and they sell it. And I'm thrilled, let them make money. But you know, it's interesting now, Amazon's having a real problem with delivery. And I'm getting called all day long and people saying, 
you know, hey, Jody, how much are your masks? And I'll give them the price of the daily. Price. Well, they'll say they're a bit high. I can get them on Amazon for such and such a price. And I say, great. So don't call me. And then they say, yeah, but Amazon just sent me an email that they're sold out or they can't get them for 10 days. I go, right. So that's why you're paying a bit of a premium during something like COVID. So I love the fact that Amazon's having challenges because I think they became in as the, I, listen, I'm an Amazon shopper. I love it. But, you know, I think they hurt a lot of people. And I think people that I know, business people and suppliers, I have not met anybody yet who said they're doing a lot of business and making a lot of money. They may be doing business, but Amazon's the company that's making the money generally, from my understanding, not the suppliers. Yeah, definitely. Cash flow is cash is flowing through them, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So but there's they're also disappointing a lot of people too, right? And uh, you know, I've got a lot of people who've come to me who've worked there, you know, and there's a lot of different stories. So we're not a big, we're not a big animal like Amazon, nor do we ever want to be. We still love that personal. I love talking to people all day long. I want to be able to know my customers, help them, you know, know that they can they can call me. I don't want to be, you know, Jeff Bezos. You know, money is not what drives me. Making people happy and brokering good goodness is what drives me as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, um, I think a lot of people when they get into it, it is it is about money, but they realize yeah. you get into it, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, connection and serving your clients is sounds like that's you know the number one for you, for and me. that and, is and what drives like you. This. Yeah, and at times like this, uh, I feel guilty telling fellow business people that I love waking up every day because every day, all day long, I listen to my people on all the phone lines and all they're saying is, are you kidding? We're happy to be here to help you. People are, you know, thankfully saying, thank you for going to work. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for getting us the supplies so that we can go in and do our jobs as front, you know, frontline essential workers. Right? So we're just a very small part of the bigger picture but every day, my people will tell you they're exhausted. My people work like horse, like they're unbelievable who work for me. But every day they feel like they've moved a mountain when they put their head on the pillow. And, and that's the culture that we've created here. And to me, that's what's most important. Creating that culture of um, inclusive and empathy, right? That's really, to me, what it's all about. Bringing, you know, teaching your kids, making sure that they understand um, how important everything is every day right now. Uh, we're joking around during COVID all the people we've got half a team that's working remotely half a team that's here because we have to be safe and we can't go down. And every day, um, you know, I've got one of my children here and they come in with this huge bag of hey, come, I'm going to bring in stuff from my closet, I'm going to share it with everybody because no one can really go shopping. And there's a lot of women here. So she, I have one daughter who's a fashionista. So she comes in every day with a big bag of her clothes and the staff goes crazy. And it's like free shopping. So one's baking, one's sharing it with everybody, you know, we're all just trying to put a smile on each other's faces because it's tough times right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think connection is definitely a, is, is key to all this, right. To, yeah. uh, to bring everyone forward. So going through where you're at now, yeah. what's next for you and your, you know, um, bargains group is what, what we've learned through COVID is how much of this that we can really automate, um, and work remotely, which is really awesome. Uh, because you know, we're a company that started before technology existed. We're that kind of small, small town kind of field company. Uh, but really what the future that we know is that connectivity um, and that, you know, compassion. Kids for a cause 
is going to change the way people do volunteer work and the way people help charities. And even more so, if you even think of the model, um, for example, my favorite model is schools, if you think, and I don't know if you have children, but you'll remember as a child, how many times during the holiday season did the teachers say, okay, this classroom, we're gonna build a basket and we're gonna adopt a family. So can you tell your mother or father, you know, Jimmy, you gotta bring in a pair of gloves and Billy, you gotta go out and buy a book or whatever. And we went home and we told our families and our parents went to the mall usually and bought the stuff, okay? Now, I was on the PTA and I said, I'm not buying that shit. Like, what is my kid getting out of learning about the less fortunate when I'm going to the mall buying the stuff? That's not right. So I went to the school 20 years ago and said, why don't each child donate 20 bucks or 10 bucks, whatever the cost of what I'm supposed to buy. Let's pull it together and, and I'll get a charity in the local community that we can even pull the students. What charity are you passionate about? Let's get the charity to come in an assembly and let's for 20 minutes talk about what that charity is, who they serve, what are their challenges, teach these kids through listening, you know, what it is, because they've only got 15 minute attention span. And then the kids can go back to their classrooms and all the kit components will already be in the classroom with the teacher with a list of 10 conversation starters. So if the kids aren't asking questions, which they are, the teacher has some questions to start the conversation. And then the kids each pack a kit for an underprivileged person in their community and they write a message of hope or inspiration. All of those kits come back to the gym or the front hallway, you make a huge pile, you do the photo op with all the kids, and then a couple of the parents trek those to the local shelter or agency or humane society that the, that the children picked. Same 10 or $20 investment, mom or dad went to the mall 20 years ago. But look at the massive impact. The kids come home, they talk about what they did, they talk about what they learned, and there's a direct correlation between what was donated to that charity because we've brokered the, the relationship to make sure that everything in that kit that that charity needs in real time. So the model is just, we're doing a pivot and it's changing and philanthropy, people want to volunteer. People want to bring hundreds of people to a food bank. The food bank can't take them. So now we're training charities to say, listen, we'd love for you to help us. But we've got a partner at Kits for a Cause. Um, they can take 6,000 people at your conference and you could make, you know, food bank um, hygiene kits. Because if you think about it, if you can't afford food, you sure as heck aren't buying deodorant or toothpaste, right? So we're here to help bring forward charity and group volunteering and feeling good because we all know when you're having a shitty day, what do they say? Do something nice for somebody. You'll put a smile on your face. So that's proven. We're just kind of the, the Uber volunteer company. We've basically said, everyone's looking to do this. We'll just help people do it in, in a 15 minute call. We'll plan it all out for them for free at Kits for a Cause. And then we'll provide them with the stuff and deploy. And it's, it's like blown up more than we could ever imagine. And we're just really, really excited to keep it going. Social distancing has caused a bit of a challenge. But we've had groups for the last six weeks say, we don't care. We were supposed to do that at our conference. My husband and I are going to do it, or my kids and I are going to do it. And we're going to do it in our garage together. And then we're going to drop the kits off. So there's new, there's birthday party models. There's every model you can possibly think of. But people are craving interaction now. 
and people want to help. So this is a, the perfect solution. So when COVID-19 is over, it'll be time to do hygiene kits. It'll be time to thank and help your fellow charity because charities are just uh, beyond, you know, beyond survival right now. We all need to think about, no matter how hard it is for us, just imagine to be chair a charity right now, right? It's brutal. So that's kind of our future of really, you know, I want to be uh, known in a couple decades of, wow, you know, the whole way people changed the way they gave and they volunteered was because of this company and this woman, how she made people understand rolling up your sleeves and making an impact in a very easy model like Hits for Cause is the future of charities and philanthropy. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, I mean, you already are making the impact, obviously. Now, just as I, I wrap this up, can you give a call to action? How can people connect with you? How can they um, get involved? Yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm on LinkedIn under Jody Steinhauer. I'm on Facebook under Jody Steinhauer, um, Bargains Group, Kits for a Cause, Engage and Change as a Charity, or you can just go to the website. My email's there. I'm pretty accessible. Um, you know, I'd love to help. Anybody wants to have a coffee or a conversation, uh, I'm out there. And I'm happy to, I love helping people. That's what warms my soul. So please reach out. No question is ridiculous. And if I can't help you, I'm a connector. I will definitely connect you with someone who can. Absolutely. And Kids for Cause is something that is right now, right? People can reach out and- oh, You froze there. Kids for, sorry, what was your question? Kids for Kids Cause, for, like people can reach out right now to- Yeah, um, yeah. kidsforcause.com uh, is the website. It's a social enterprise. Or you can go to bargainsgroup.com and click on kits for a cause and then go go to the website that way to learn more about that. And the really cool thing is uh, whatever your passion is, if it's dogs, animals, cancer, back to school, kidney, kidney dialysis, whatever it is, we can build a kit to help support what you're passionate about, right? And then match you up with a provider, a charity, if you don't have one that provides services. Because our philosophy is if we connect with you on a deeper level and make you feel really good about who you're helping, you're going to do it again. Right. And then we teach companies and, and everybody how to put it as part of their marketing, put it on your brand, put it on who you are. You're a different kind of company. This is what you believe in. This is what you allow your employees to do. Um, people want to work for companies that do these kinds of things and people want to do business with companies that do these kinds of things. That's proven. Um, so be one of those companies and uh, that's what we're excited. We're changing. We're, 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 we're saying to people, put it out there. A lot of companies are doing great work and they do charity work, but they don't talk about it. Right. Talk about it. Make conscious decisions to do business with companies that are making an impact in your local community. It's really important. Yeah. Oh, I, I appreciate uh, all that you shared today. I appreciate um, the example that you're, um, what you're providing for people. And uh, yeah, so thank you. Thank you. And if anybody wants to help a charity, please don't ever go to a retail store ever again. Anybody hears about somebody shopping for a charity, please give them bargains group names so we can make a dollar turn into about three to $4 worth a product for any charity in Canada. Awesome. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Bye everybody. Thank you for taking time to listen to the cash Volcanox podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. 
Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line book to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line book and your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca.